if you really have ignored it or you really have let it go, or as you use in your sports analogies, it's the last play, focus on the next thing, then that's fine and it will work. Mm -hmm. If, however, you behave or act as if you've let it go or you you're really bothered by it but you're just not in any way expressing it then it's not going to go away it's going to build up inside of you as a matter of fact i was working with a client recently where um he really lost it and what we realized that part of the problem was, aside from the fact that it triggered a feeling that he had from when he was a kid, is that there's an ongoing problem in the family that he handles very nicely, but it's also frustrating to him, mm. and he does not give any expression to that. This week... A New York Times columnist recommends tuning out your spouse and daydreaming to benefit your marriage. More concisely, have marriage amnesia. Does Dr. Karen Sherman recommend the same? Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the brilliant, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, you, Steve. Hello. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, and is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information and more at her website, drkarensherman.com. Okie dokie, Karen. So you sent me a column from the New York Times, and we were kind of laughing about it um, last week because you're like, I think you can pull some questions out of this thing. Um, and it was, can your marriage be improved, essentially like if you forget or have amnesia? And uh-huh. this um, author suggests that marriage, and I'm going to quote her here. Marriage requires amnesia, a mute button, a filter on the lens, a damper, some blinders, some bumpers, some earplugs, a nap, unquote. Uh, This is in response to all the grunts, coughs, sneezes, complaints, repeated stories that one spouse might hear in a day or over the years or the decades. I think Mm -hmm. we can all relate. Um, Mm -hmm. So the little noise your spouse makes becomes the scratch on the chalkboard, so to speak. Um, so I'm going to start with a big question here is tuning this stuff out or daydreaming as the author and part of this column suggests, is that a good solution? Yes. (laughs) In a word. Yes. Um, you know, if you go to the premise of whatever you focus on grows, Mm -hmm. then if you keep focusing on 
the grunts, the coughs, the sneezes, the complaints. That's what you're going to start to hear all the time. I remember many years ago, um, my father was saying that if you went to the movies with somebody and you were not enjoying the picture, but they were, and you wanted to leave, just lean over and say to them, have you ever noticed how much noise all the candy wrappers make? (laughs) (laughs) And then they would start to hear that and be annoyed and want to leave as well. So yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I think that if you can sort of tune yourself out and, you know, obviously I don't, as a usual prescription in couple help say tune each other out what Mm -hmm. we want to do instead is be an active listener but in this case i think it works against the marriage if you focus in on all those little things right right okay um i i don't know what i was expecting you to say with that uh but i yeah i think that works i think i think that works um okay so as I was reading through this column, though, it hit me how the spouse who made the noise or noises mm-hmm. <laughs> hadn't really changed, but it was the tolerance uh-huh. from the writer that had kind of broken at this point. Uh-huh. Um, is that inevitable? Is this just the, the rose-tinted glasses come off and then you start mm-hmm. hearing these things, or is it something that like a like a like a, like water on, you know, going down a river and it starts to carve a groove Mm -hmm. that eventually it's going to, it's going to hit a nerve. Um, okay. So I think it's both because I think what happens is, as you mentioned, the rose colored glasses, when you start out in a relationship, everything is wonderful. There's nothing bad. You have met the perfect mate, which of course is ridiculous because there is nobody who's a perfect mate. Um, so, to that degree, all of a sudden now, all that positive stuff sort of evaporates and you start to be aware of all the other annoying or negative stuff. The other thing is that just like Chinese water torture, which is just having somebody having to listen to a drop of water, a drop of water, a drop of water, but constantly... Mm-hmm. Eventually, even though it's just a drop of water, it becomes really annoying. And so, yeah, you know, that's going on also. Um, The things that, you know, these little things can start to be annoying just the way, in a positive way, little things can be so helpful. Mm -hmm. So it works both ways. Okay. So the the other interesting thing to me is uh, when something is so constant as we were just talking about her advice. The, the author of this column, I think is sound, which is, she says to just let it fade into the background, mm-hmm. um, to let it become that white noise, because if it's constant presence will, uh, become background noise if you just mm-hmm. let it. So you're not mm-hmm. focusing on it as we were just discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess part of me is like, isn't this what we already do? Or is this just a moment where the writer wasn't feeling good about whatever it was going on in her life, and so everything had become 
annoying to her. And so she mm-hmm. wrote this column and, you know, to, to give some leeway here, I think we've all been there at some point, but do you think this is like actually an issue or is this just something to remember when you've like kind of hit your breaking point? I think that it's a, a larger issue. Um, first, let me give me an, give you an analogy and then I'll come back specifically to this. When somebody is depressed or when somebody is upset about something, you know, one big thing, all of a sudden everything else looks very negative also. Things that you'd be able to overlook or not get upset about if this one big thing was not really bothering you or if you were not depressed. So I think that if your marriage is going through a rough spot and that's the basic backdrop, then it's going to make it more difficult to tune those noises or complaints or stories that you've heard over and over again to tune them out. I think if the marriage is on good footing, um, you can let those things go more easily because the bigger picture is that you're happy in the marriage or, or things are good in the marriage and you're not feeling stressed. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, when, when, uh, I, I mentioned at the top that we had been talking about this a, a week ago mm-hmm. and when you first mentioned this column to me, I told you that, you know, having a short memory is a, very much a cliche in sports mm-hmm. as in forget the last play it's behind mm-hmm. you focus on the next one kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, can that same thing be applied here? Your spouse made a noise. If you focus on the noise, it will become an issue. However, if you just ignore it you've now given yourself the ability to move on is, is this like when I, I guess what, what I'm ta- asking is we've been talking about not focusing on it. What's the practical way to go about that? Just ignoring okay. it. Well, I'm, I'm going to say it depends. Okay. If you really have ignored it or you really have let it go, or as you use in your sports analogies, it's the last play focus on the next thing then that's fine and it will work. Mm -hmm. If, however, you behave or act as if you've let it go or you're really bothered by it, but you're just not in any way expressing it, then it's not going to go away. It's going to build up inside of you. As a matter of fact, I was working with a client recently where um, he really lost it. And what we realized that part of the problem was, aside from the fact that it triggered a feeling that he had from when he was a kid, is that there's an ongoing problem in the family that he handles very nicely, but it's also frustrating to him. Mm. And he does not give any expression to that. And so it builds and it builds and it builds, and he finally blew up. So I can't just say, yes, it's a good tactic or no, it's not a good tactic. I think it depends on, are you truly letting it go? Now, I will tell you that just like any other marriage, Rich and I have our difficulties and there are most of the time I can let it go or not really, you know, focus on it. But every now and then something really gets me and I can feel it in my body. I can sense that, you know, it's upsetting me. And what I will say to him is, 
I need to express myself because if I don't, this is going to get the, these feelings are only going to get worse, which is going to be, you know, worse for us in the long run. Mm-hmm. So have you truly, you know, there's silence. Right. Is your silence because you're really okay with it and you've let it go? Or is your silence because it's really bothering you and you just haven't expressed it? If it's the latter, that's not a good thing. Right. And I think that gets because you had kind of like uh, bitten off my last question, which I was going to say is, is there a danger to just moving on? And I think you just hit it right there where there's a difference between not addressing it, being silent mm-hmm. and truly letting it go. Because I don't think you can actually move on at all until you at least recognize it, because what's there to move on from if you didn't recognize it in the first place? Correct. Um, Correct. And and I think it's interesting that you you brought up you and Richie because I will say the same thing happens with Jess and I um, where I will be dealing with something and she will ask me am I okay but she can read me very well mm-hmm. and so she can see like something's bothering you and it's not, it doesn't even have to be about her for example um, mm-hmm. and and she'll just say like what's you know what's on your mind what's bothering you and I'm like oh no it's nothing it's fine nothing and then, you know, two days will pass and she'll come back and say like, okay, seriously, like <laughs> what, what's going on? And then yes. I will then have to like stop and think about like what she's clearly noticing something in me. Like what mm-hmm. is it and why am, why am I putting out these vibes that I'm, I'm, you know, not my normal self, I guess is the best way to mm-hmm. phrase it. Yeah. And, and I want to make a couple of comments on that. Um, first of all, we know that people who are close to each other doesn't necessarily have to be husband and wife. It could be, you know, children and parents. It could be good friends. But when you're close to each other, you pick up each other's energy mm-hmm. from as much as 20 feet away. You know, it's almost like you walk into a room and you can feel there's tension. Yep. So it's that's the best way I can explain it to people who aren't exactly sure of what I'm saying. But you can sense each other's energy. And we know that women tend to have a better um, pulse on a relationship than a male. Now, very often, I will do the same thing with Richie, where also, of course, since I don't want him to get defensive about my noticing it, which will only make things worse, I'll say something like, I could be wrong. But I'm picking up that your energy is a little off. So would you think about it a little bit and, you know, get back to me. Let me know what you think. Mm-hmm. And it took us a while to get to <laughs> coming up with that solution, but it, it works for us. And so that way he doesn't get defensive and he will go back and think about it. And again, very often, and I'm not being biased here, there's research behind this, sure. men will not be able to articulate what's bothering them as quickly as a woman can. Mm -hmm. And so turning to a guy and saying, okay, what's wrong, no matter how you say it, a guy may not be able to tell you. And that's not because he's withholding. His brain is um, fashioned in such a way that men cannot articulate their feelings as readily as a woman can. So that's why when I talk to Rich, I build in, 
get back to me in a little bit. Now, what Jess does is something similar. She'll come back to you and say, you know, you still don't seem quite right. Are you sure you're okay? So she's doing sort of the same thing, giving Mm -hmm. a little space and time. Yeah. Men men are a little bit slower. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) We we need time. We need time to process these things. We like to push it it down and uh, we need a little time to do some digging. So it's it's fine. And I, you know, the thing that I want to highlight about um, the techniques you were just describing is in both cases, uh, you and Richie and uh, Jess and me, um, the approach is not accusatory. Correct. It's, it's inquisitive. Yes. And I think thank you for bringing that out. Yeah. And I think that's important to just highlight and point out. And I know we've talked about it in the past, but when you start accusing people, like you're not acting right, um, Mm -hmm. they're going to get defensive. But Mm -hmm. if you ask a question about, are you feeling okay? Um, then you might get somewhere. Uh, so I just wanted to point that out. Okay. I want to run with that for a second. If your partner says, are you feeling all right? And the other person, most likely the male, has is not aware yet. The answer could likely be, yeah, I'm feeling fine. Why would you say that? Oh, that's my – honestly, it's my automatic response. And right. I, okay. not, and I'm not trying to say that as an excuse. Like it's just it's, – it's almost a reflex yeah. because I have to really stop to think before I just say something because for me – and I'm sure this would apply to a lot of men and probably even women too, is, you know, keep calm and carry on. Like if something's not broken or hurting or mm-hmm. seems like, you know, I'm bleeding out all over the floor. It's like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Let me know when yeah. there's a real problem. Okay. So at that point, then we revert back as the, in the, in answer to that, the way Jess does or the way I do. And again, I would say, you know, I could be wrong, but I'm sensing that something's off. Mm. Okay. Again, non-accusatory. Right. Yep. And hopefully, you know, the guy will think about it and, you know, come back with something. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, and yeah, no, that, uh, this is all great. Um, was there anything else? Yes. That you, yeah, okay, let's do it. <laughs> I knew there would be. I actually do have something else I want to express. Um, so initially in a relationship, we've got the rose-colored glasses on, everything looks wonderful. Then those glasses come off and, you know, life goes on and stress, you know, takes place and just all the day-to-day stuff becomes more of the reality. And you do start to focus more on the negative. What I will remind clients is you have to look at the whole. In other words, If the whole picture is good, then try to think about that. In other words, like, you know, see the forest for the trees. Mm -hmm. Don't look at one tree or two trees or 10 trees. Pull back, look at the whole forest. And if the overall is good, then let it go. Mm. You know, that's another way to do it, not just daydream or, you know, you know, because because a lot of times, especially when couples come in for counseling, they've got a laundry list of this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. You know, and and of course, with a laundry list, they've got fifteen different examples of each 
of those, Mm -hmm. you know, things that bother them. So one of the things that helps is to just sort of step back and say, okay, let me look also at the good traits and is the overall good because you're not going to get a perfect mate. It just does not exist. Right. So I I love that because you're right. Um, A lot of what was recommended in this column was hit the mute button, ignore, um, put, put on your blinders. And what you're suggesting is don't put on your blinders. Look, look at the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Take take stock. And if you're going to do inventory, do the full inventory, not just the aisle where there's some broken glass. Exactly. And then let me know if you want to burn down the whole grocery store, right? Like right. that's what that uh, I think that's a a much healthier nice, way of approaching it. Yeah, nicely put, Steve. No, nice you. nice uh, examples. <laughs> thank you. Um, okay, well, with that, I'm not going to I'm not going to keep rambling on now. Um, <laughs> we're going to we're going to wrap it up on a high note. So, thank okay. you. Thank you so much, Karen. It is always a pleasure pleasure to speak with you, Steve. Thank you. Okay. And before we go, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course, you can find this information on our website, hitchedmag.com, where we have thousands of articles, hundreds of podcasts, the full, complete archive that you can go through and listen back on. Um, And we also have a free newsletter that goes out uh, each Monday to keep you uh, up to date on all the latest happenings uh, from Hitched. So uh, thank you one last time, Karen. And until next time, take care, everybody. We're on top of the